0: when the replay official did not stop I, I'm the I'm not going to comment on that. I'll get fined for the rest of my life if I get commented on that.
1: We had a great belief in our locker room. We didn't have to do anything special, just be us. I was so proud of this team. We had so much fun, it ought to be legal. Coach Carousel talk, is that something you just ignore? Yeah, yeah, you, you ignore because one week you're getting fired and the next week you're going to take another job. And I'm worried about the darn SEC West Championship. And So, yes, to answer your question. Our purpose is to win, make no mistake about it, but it's to win the right way. And our goal, our stated goal, is going to be to win the Sunbelt, uh, sorry, to win the SEC East.
2: That's iron sharpening iron. That's the way this thing's got to work, man. we got to know and understand that it's got to be about competition.
3: Talk about the reception you received from the fan base. Did you ever think you'd be kissing and hugging babies at the tarmac when you got the the plane? Um, a lot better than another tarmac experience that I had. <laughs> I didn't think of it. It was like like an anniversary or something like that. We're coming.
4: We're coming. And we ain't backing down. You're out
0: of control. Everybody just do
4: your job. You understand
5: that? Welcome in the latest episode of that SEC podcast. We're presented by my bookie. I'm your host, Michael Bratton. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter. And I'm joined as always by my cousin Shane, who goes by Big Orange Vols on Twitter. What are you up to, you big Tennessee homer?
0: Hey buddy, what's going on?
5: Hey, I hear you're cracking open a cold one, <laughs> like we'd like to do here, and hey, we aren't the only ones doing it, Shane. I don't know if you saw this, but big news at a college station. Uh oh. The Aggies got themselves their own beer. It's called Twelfth Man Lager. And they're selling it at home games this year. How awesome is that? Oh, I love it, man! Now, is it just a home game thing, or can we uh, can we buy this stuff? Yeah, that's what I'm trying to find out. Maybe some of our Aggie listeners can you know fill us in on the details here. But it, it is for yeah. sure going to be sold at Kyle Field, and it's made yeah. from a local brewery there that uh, was co. Uh, founded by an Aggie so that's pretty awesome but I got you uh yeah I'm trying to get my maybe I should have I sent a tweet out about it I should have tagged Texas A&M let them know we're interested
0: (laughs) (laughs) well they got something there I mean you got the 12th man the 12th pack you know what I'm saying that they definitely got stuff to work with maybe that 12th beer it's like uh something that just like kind of worked its way in you know it doesn't have all the hops or something, you know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> just kind of give it that theme, that fan theme. I just, I don't know, man. I, I, I think this is a great move for the university. Now I, of course, naturally I tweeted this thing out and uh, Vol Twitter attacked it. Like they usually
4: do.
6: <laughs> it's like,
0: <laughs> probably tastes like Collie sweat, you know? <laughs> so I, I thought that was funny, but no, I think this is cool. I think every university should have their, because I saw a picture too. It came out. Now love to give the guy credit but with the the arkansas beer is that a thing or is that just somebody made this
5: yeah let's give that guy a shout out hog ball blog Mm. he shared with us razorback red american red ale from springdale arkansas from core brewing and distillery company i mean move but he says it's only local there but uh, hey maybe we can get our hands on he says he may even deliver some so (laughs) (laughs) hey i'm all for that man
0: now I told you I was gonna I was gonna like venture off the path a little bit, but I still I still got a couple silver bullets left, so I'm gonna knock those out <laughs> before <laughs> I try getting another brewski. But uh, I did see also, uh, you know, uh, Phil Fulmer. He's got his own deal. He's got the Yeehaw. Uh, mm-hmm. So you know, yeah, maybe maybe we should start looking into this, Mike. There's two two three universities already knocked out.
5: Yeah, absolutely. And hey, right as we're recording this, we like to start with something positive if we can. I, I got some good news here, Shane. So, Will Muschamp on his radio show here on Thursday just announced that offensive lineman Jordan Rhodes, mm. this is a guy that had previously opted out. Mm-hmm. He, he's opted back in. So, there we go. He's back. Gamecock's got a little bit more added depth there on a guy that's played some balls. So, you can never have too many linemen here, especially in a 10-game SEC slate. I'm, I'm getting fired up here. Absolutely. I wish he would have opted in like week two, but you know, here we are, Mike.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. South Carolina needs some good news. So that's good for the
5: man. All right, buddy. So uh, we got a lot to, to talk about here. You ready to go around the league? Let's
0: do it. Now let's
5: go, now around, let's go, the go around the league.
1: Around the league. My daughters <laughs> said something about me wearing a visor and need to put on a hat because I'm getting bald. So uh, so I'm going to wear a hat from here on out.
3: I mean, if you look over the next six years, I think we played Miami three times, Florida State six times, South Florida three times, Mississippi State once. So who's the SEC teams? You know, I mean, I don't think, I think it's an injustice for the kids. They should, we should mix those games up and you should, um, you know, play more
2: teams from the West. Why, Why don't you? Start calling around and see if you can get somebody else to play us, and we'll play them. We'll play anybody you can get to play us.
4: And Louisiana, hold on a second. Hey,
6: guys. Hey, I'm having a press conference. Okay, thank you.
5: All right, let's start real quick in Gainesville. Just a quick hitter. Speaking of South Carolina, this is going to be their first road game week two, but Florida has announced. That their stadium capacity, much like the rest of the SEC, is going to be at 20%. So that's roughly 17,000 fans in the swamp, and unfortunately, they're not doing the Gator Walk, and a lot of the there's no tailgating on campus on Florida's campus, much like we've been hearing. But you know, the 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 only silver lining here, according to Florida, they're saying this is for the South Carolina game, obviously, which is the the home opener, week two, October third. But they don't mention the rest of the schedule. So I think they're leaving some wiggle room here, Shane, to open this thing up. Hopefully, you know, we'll get mm-hmm. to full capacity at some time. And they also note that no decision has been made on the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. So the fact that they made note of that makes me think that, hey, they are looking looking ahead to these dates and, and right. just leaving stuff open to where they hopefully they can open it all back up pretty soon.
0: That's again, again, Mike. Just keep it open, keep it fluid, because I, I honestly, long as we don't have any big setbacks, week one or week two, I, I fully expect them to open up capacity. So, as you know, I'm not a huge fan of this 20% rule. I think it should be up to the fans if they want to go in there and, you know, kind of have that Kirk Cousins. You see that uh, him coming. <laughs> <laughs> he said, "He said, if I die, I die. That's what I'm thinking. If I'm going into Neela, like that, should be my decision. And if I die, you know, whatever. So I went out. I went out watching what I love to do. So, just kidding. I'm not again not trying to make light of the of the coronavirus or anything like that, but." You know, I, I'm with you. I think long as we don't have any major setbacks the first couple of weeks, I fully expect these guys to start, you know, opening it up a little bit more
5: each week. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, not to go too veer off the, the subject too much here, I'm right there with you because I, I know this is pales in comparison, but uh, so here in Nashville they just opened the movie theaters back up, mm-hmm. and my favorite movie director, Christopher Nolan, he's got his new movie out. They've been delaying it for months. Is and it It's called Tenet and this okay. this is the guy that did like the Dark Knight Batman series and stuff like that uh-huh. and, and inception. And I said to myself, not that I debated it too much, but I did I have read that the movie theaters are like the the most dangerous place to go. but mm-hmm. at the end of the day, man, I love going to the movies and I'll, right. I'll follow their rules. you know I think they have a mask rule. I'm, I'm happy to follow the rules and you just gotta live your life. I mean that's just an example of it and if something bad happens, Hey, I did it to myself, but I, but I went out doing what I like doing. You know what I mean? Yeah,
0: exactly, exactly. I just, it, 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 you know, I I went to Walmart the other day. Good God, there's no rules, you know. <laughs> <laughs> at least in East Tennessee, I I think I think there was a guy counting out front, but he was more interested in his phone, you know. So, <laughs> so I don't know. Let him be. Uh, the numbers seem to be coming down where I'm at. So, then again, I, maybe that's just optimistic thinking and I haven't really been paying attention to it. it just feels like it's about it ran its course so uh anyway yeah before we go down that rabbit hole let's let's reel it
5: back in speaking of uh, paying attention let's jump on down to Tuscaloosa roll tide where hey I've been paying attention to what's been going on there in camp and you know before we get into these comments from Nick Saban you know what is the common thread we keep hearing from that program You know, How last year was such a disappointment That's why Mm -hmm. Alex Leatherwood came back That's why Josh McMillan came back That's why Dylan Moses came back And Saban seems like he's on a damn vengeance tour here (laughs) Alabama's not had a single opt-out Not to say that they won't But I'm not hearing anything about anyone considering it down there So it doesn't look like the Crimson Tide Are going to have any opt-outs And that's big So let's kick it over to Nick Saban, you know, and, and, you know, another just before he gets to the opt outs, he was asked about the receiving, the receiver core and who's going to step up uh, behind Devonta Smith and Jalen Waddell. So I thought that was, that's a hot topic down there in Tuscaloosa as well. But I've got, I got to hit you with something on the other side of this clip.
2: I I think we have several receivers that are doing a nice job. Uh, Obviously, you know, we lost two great players. We have two great players coming back and those two guys are both playing like great players. Mechie has done a really, really good job. Um, So, you know, we have a lot of confidence in him. Um, Slade Bolden has done a good job. We have confidence in him. Uh, So those are sort of the experienced guys. Um, And then, you know, these freshmen, Javon Baker has shown promise. Um, I think they all have. I just think they need to develop consistency and A, knowing what to do. And B, going out there and playing with confidence and you know so far you know Baker's had the most continuity you know he's missed the least amount of practices he's been out there the most uh, he's a very competitive guy um, so he, he's done a good job so far but i'm I'm pleased with you know that entire core Xavier Williams is you know showing improvement so I mean the whole group I think has shown um, you know some marked improvement from last year and uh, they all need to continue to grow and develop, but um, I'm kind of pleased with the group.
0: Hey, Coach, what, what does it say about your team that, you know, you haven't had a player announce that they were opting out, and just what does that say about uh, their, their decision and their commitment to play?
2: Well, you know, I, I'm excited about the fact that we have a bunch of guys that are committed to playing. Um, you know, I know there's a lot of things going on in the world right now that can affect that, um, as we see on a daily basis in terms of choices and decisions that players make. Um, but I, I think it's important that, you know, once you make a commitment to doing something, uh, that, you, you know, it, it creates more value for you if you do it the right way. Uh, and you focus on what you need to do to be the best player that you can be and control the things that you can control. And um, I think everybody on our team can create value for themselves by playing. Uh, we're going to play a lot of good competition, playing all of the SEC games this year. Uh, we have a chance to have a a pretty good team, um, but you know there's going to be a lot of variables that we have to overcome this year relative to the circumstances that we're in. So I'm excited about the fact that the players have are committed and have, and I I'm hopeful that everybody will stay very much committed. I have no reason to think that they won't, uh, but it's a changing time right now in terms of. Uh, how people get affected by various things. But our guys have been really, really good about it, and I've 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 really enjoyed uh, the fact that once these guys made a decision to um, try to play and try to accomplish something, uh, they've all stayed pretty much committed to it. All right, Shane.
5: So, you know, I've been talking about the revenge tour down there in Tuscaloosa, you know, all camp long, because that's what we're hearing. The buzz is good. Mm-hmm. I'm not totally sold on Mac Jones. I've been pretty open with that. But having said all that, I hate to be a waffler here, and I hate to go chalk. <laughs> but I'm picking Alabama. Not to go undefeated. I still think they'll lose a game or two. I th- I think everybody will in the SEC because it's a 10-game slate. But I'm picking Alabama to win the SEC West. Ooh, buddy. Oh, Backing off buddy. the
0: Aggies. Backing off the Aggies. And there we – we just talked, they're gonna need that new twelfth man beer. You know? They just had all that positive vibe from SEC Mike and you just you just crushed that can, Mike. I, I well, I don't know what you're saying because I've been saying it all along. Right. <laughs> I just think that this is the year. I, I think this is the year that that Alabama I mean, we, we've always talked about them having a great team and you know, I don't wanna kiss their ass like like all these other media outlets do, but The fact of the matter is, Nick Saban, every time he's coming out, he's got some positive news. And that's not like him. He's usually. Pick, and I'm sure I didn't hear all the clips, maybe you just picked the the prettiest ones, you know, but uh, <laughs> it, it seems like every time I'm listening to Saban, he's talking about how good this team is. But you got to remember, Nick is also a, a hell of a salesman. And I think some of the best coaches in the in SEC, you know, and in, in just in, in college football together, you have to be a good salesman. Not just to the fans, not just to the media, but you also got to be to the players. So when he was talking about that opt-out, I think that's a lot about sales. You know, hey – We got something special here. We're creating something. This is going to be a great team. This is – we're just – we just need everybody to buy in. And I think that's why they don't have that opt-out. It's because these players have been hearing it in the offseason that this is the year. This is the year Alabama gets back on top. So, look, SEC Mike's even changing his mind.
5: Now, I will say this, though, because I don't want to go total Alabama homer. I don't want to get, you know, just complete chalk talk here. Mm Mm-hmm. If Alabama does not win the West this season, yeah, I don't think they're ever gonna do it again under Nick Saban. Oh, how bold is that? And I'll tell you why, because I, hell, we just saw LSU can play with them. I mean, yeah. they're, they're, they've lost so many guys. I still think they'll be able to play with them, but I think you gotta favor Alabama considering all those losses. And Auburn beats them. Damn near half the time now, so, Mm -hmm. and that's a program that's, you know, they're they recruit almost as well as Alabama, and then Texas A and M. You know, I'm I'm not sitting here saying they're going to be seventh in the SEC now. I think they're going to finish second, but I think they can play with Alabama. They're just not as deep, and I think that's going to be critical in a ten game season like this. And they've had they've had a couple opt outs. Not that you know those opt outs are not really factoring into my pick here, but. Just mm-hmm. more the vibe from Alabama, but Texas A&M is just getting better and better. And I think we all agree: Arkansas, Ole Miss, Mississippi State—they all made massive improvements in coaching hires. So yeah. it's not like Alabama is just going to blow the doors off everybody like we're used to seeing. I, th- like I said, I think they're going to lose a game or two. Yeah, I mean, but I still think at the end of the day, they're they're at the top be- mostly because of their depth. Yeah,
0: no, I, I, I think you're right. I think this is more to do with depth, and I just think that they're going to be further along than most of the teams in the West. Texas A&M, you know, I. Oh, hey, buddy, did you hear that one? What was that thunder? Hell yeah, Nick Saban, hearing me talk about him again. <laughs> the the football gods <laughs> getting cranked up. Do you think this is the year? Do, honestly, Mike, if if do you let's just let's just play this little game real quick obviously Nick Saban can't coach forever Uh, it's got to come to an end at some point Mm -hmm. do you think Nick Saban is one of those coaches that's going to go out while he's on top or do you think he's going to pull like a Spurrier and say you know what this is going the wrong way like you were saying maybe some of these other teams in the west catching up to him and, and he's just you know hey if I go now you know they'll remember me as the greatest coach ever
5: I think he wants to go out on top with the national championship because I if I'm not mistaken I think he's tied for Bear Bryant for most of all time right now. Okay. So he wants to one up them is what I think. Mhm. And I think he's going to be chasing that for the until he gets it.
0: If yeah, because I, I fully expect with the way the Big Ten's doing and everything that that we're going to have some sort of college playoffs. I mean, the meet, the, the committee's still meeting. Mm-hmm. So I, I I fully expect us to have some sort of national championship at the end of the year. Right now, what is this, September 3rd, 7.44 p.m., Mike, let me ask you, if Nick Saban wins the Natty this year, is it the last time he coaches at Alabama I'll say yes. Ooh, because I'm also gonna say yes. You know, his wife's she don't like his corona talk, you know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> Got his ass on that treadmill all the time. She's like, Honey, you know, let's let's just chill at the lake. So I, I think I think this I think this is the year too, man. I, I think if Alabama finds a way to win the national championship this year, I truly expect Nick Saban not to come back.
2: Mm-hmm.
5: Well, let's uh, let's skip it down. I mean, that's pretty bold, but let's skip it down to Oxford. Where the guy picked by Paul Feinbaum to be the first one to beat Nick Saban of his former assistants, Lane Kiffin. He was on the old uh, Pat McAfee show, and my goodness, he was on a tear here. Like I said, he saves his best material for these shows here, doesn't he? But uh, he went from everywhere about... Uh, talking again he keeps talking about how bad his situation is and all this and the pressure to to beat Alabama I thought this was hilarious he talked about going to rehab you as he called it there in Tuscaloosa (laughs) to work for Nick Saban and his bad behavior he had to stay a little bit longer than you scheduled (laughs) and then finally I thought this was great he had some comments for about Mike Leach and that heated heated rivalry (laughs) but it doesn't sound like he and uh Leech have much of a true rivalry at this point. How do you focus on making eighteen to twenty-three year olds,
3: sometimes seventeen, I guess coming in, focus on getting better at football while also stressing to them how much they have to worry about standing too close to their one of their best friends all the time? How how does that even how do you balance that? That has to be quite a task, I assume. Well, we we got more issues than professional sports. You know, they're more mature and for the most part their point sounds like they're kind of on lockdown, you know. We, we got a whole nother issue that our kids leave us. They do well around us, you know, for a couple hours a day. And then they're out in the streets, you know, they're in class They're you know, at restaurants and stuff. And the problem is in general, you know, not just kids, look at adults, adults don't really social distance. I When mean, you look at, at the internet all day or you see, you see things or drive downtown, adults aren't doing it. So, so kids certainly aren't. So, you know, they've got to do their best to do it, even though Most of the students that are around, they're not doing it. Lane, what a situation you're in. Hey, hey, go coach football, (laughs) Lane. Go coach football, Lane. Go 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 coach football. By the way, you had no spring practice, so you couldn't work with your players, okay? And now we don't, we actually don't have a training camp because everything is pushed back. Everyone's in school now for the most part, so we only have them a couple hours a day. But hey, make sure you go beat Alabama. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what did you let's, let's talk about alabama obviously coaching down there is something that a lot of people do whether it's either in between head coaching gigs or before head coaching gigs if you go there you're going to get a head coaching job there was always like this interesting kind of narrative about you and saban's relationship what did you take away from your time at alabama and what do you carry into your day-to-day from there you mean, you mean at a, the rehab university? <laughs> yeah. yeah, everybody, everybody. Yeah. You go there for rehab, you get fixed, and then they, you know, good behavior. <laughs> I, I wasn't great behavior. I had to go three years.
5: <laughs>
3: what did you learn at rehab, coach? Connor. Uh, yeah, Coach, uh, Pat mentioned the Egg Bowl early on, and that's your guys' rival of Mississippi State, who also have a new coach in Mike Leach. And earlier on, he actually pulled your mask <laughs> off at a press conference. Was that the beginning of the rivalry? And did you talk any shit to him after? No, because that's just him. That's like what he does. As <laughs> <laughs> you know. So <clears throat> I walked up. I hadn't seen him, like, for a year or something. And he just pulls my mask. and But you realize that's just, like, that's lychee, is what he does. So um he's an interesting character. I call I call him when I call him, you know, check in on him, he's always just like in key west. I'm like, don't we like have a game in a couple weeks?
0: Wait, wait. One second. It just about to hit again. Did you hear it? Yes, sir. Talk about losing a Bama.
5: All right. Oh, how about those comments? I mean, those were gold, weren't they, <laughs> dude? I love
0: this, man. Uh, this is what this is what it's all about. And almost, I mean, I, I get leeches. Mississippi State, Ole Miss—that's the rivalry. But man, I'm telling you, there's just something about that Alabama that you know. That's that's all Kiffin wants obviously he wants to own the state, but man, he'd love to whoop Nick Saban, you know. And it's just, <laughs> I, I mean, you could just tell in his answers. But this was this is fantastic coverage right here. Great questions, great answers. This is what we signed up for when Lane Kiffin came back to the SEC.
5: Yeah, and and I now that he's talking about it, I mean as as heated as that Egg Bowl rivalry can get, it's almost mm-hmm. like these guys will make it more entertaining but in a completely different way. You know what I mean?
0: <laughs> he said He said, "Aren't you supposed to be
5: coaching or
0: coaching a game in 2 weeks? He's down there at the beach, you know, in his ship."
5: <laughs> <laughs> I love
0: it. I love it.
5: All right, let's skip on down to Rocky Top Neck. This where we had old uh, Tennessee quarterback coach Chris Winky. Talking about uh, the progression, he talked quite a bit here. Didn't have a ton to say about, uh, you know, Harrison Bailey impressed and yada, 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 same old stuff. Nothing too interesting. J.T. Shroud, he's seen him step up a little bit. But, of course, the talk all offseason, Jarrett Garantano, has he truly made that progression that Tennessee fans have been waiting for? Mm -hmm. And if not, he may be back for an eighth year on Rocky Top with his free year of eligibility. Let's kick it over to Chris Winkie.
4: Coach, you're a former quarterback.
1: You you played in multiple systems, you know, from one year to the next. Uh, from your personal experience, how big is it for Jared to, to have the same, you know, the same language for the first time in two years? And in part two of that is what is your assessment of those new
4: receivers? Yeah, I think there's no doubt you see the confidence in, in Jared. Um, Having the opportunity to spend the whole offseason really studying this offense, watching a lot of film. I'll tell you what, I give a lot of credit to him during this this whole pandemic. When it started, I talked to him every single day. And there wasn't a day that I talked to him that he wasn't doing something to help himself get better, working out, throwing. um, He came in here weighing about 228 pounds, uh, looks great. Trying to keep all that weight on right now. But I think you see a different level of confidence in him because he has a better understanding of exactly what we're trying to get accomplished on every single play. So uh, the second year in a system, as I mentioned or alluded to earlier, there's no doubt, there's just so much more familiarity and and you just see him be more comfortable and he operates faster. And I think right now he's operating at a high level. So, Coach, you mentioned that JG is operating at a high level right now. Just what is he doing to operate at a high level? And are those... Uh, things that he has tweaked since since last season entering this fall camp well one i think he as i alluded to earlier he focused on his body making sure he's big strong and fast and and uh he focused on those physical sides of it but more importantly uh, when i say operating at a high level that's becoming a functional thinker taking the information and being able to process it and then execute the play and you just see him so much faster with his feet with his decisions um His anticipation, in my opinion, has probably been the brightest spot since I've seen from a year ago. Um, And and now that he understands the big picture, he can see it and anticipate things much better now because he's more comfortable. So um, it's collectively really knowing and understanding and then physically being able to put it together. And and he's operating as good as I've seen him since I've been here.
5: All right, Shane, so there you have it from uh, (laughs) old Coach Winky, the quarterback's coach at Tennessee. Uh Now, this is basically something we've been hearing for a long time. But, you know, to Garantano's credit, this is the first time ever he's going to have the same offensive coordinator two years in a row. Are you buying the Garantano hype? (laughs) You know,
0: (sighs) I want to. I want to. I'm a glass half full kind of guy. You know this. I'm Mm -hmm. a a positive thinker. But it seems like – I've heard this song and dance before, (laughs) you know, that this is, he's, he's better. No, no, he's, we know Garantano is a hell of a practicer. I mean, that's what he is. And and maybe this, I mean, here's spin zone. Maybe this 20% uh, fans in the stands may be uh, to his benefit, there are not so many people watching him there. Mm. Maybe, maybe it's just a little less stress, less crowd noise. He doesn't get so amped up like he used to. Right. So, yes, I'm I'm leaning a little more toward the positive. I, I, I like the fact that he's come out and he says he's he's bigger, faster, stronger. I think Garrett Tano is one of the toughest damn quarterbacks in this league. And if he actually did get faster, uh, I think that just opens up the playbook because there was little flashes of it last year. So Yes. I, I, am I'm starting to buy into it. Now I may get, I may get (laughs) hurt week one and and then we're like, we're like, you know, bitch's ass. Let's get somebody else in there. So I may be that guy, but I'm really hoping I Mike, I'm praying that this is true, that these words are true, that Garantano is, you know, the biggest part is when he said, uh, the, his reaction time is quicker or I can't remember exactly how you worded it, but that's, that's where he messed up last year he held on to the ball way too long that's why he got hit so much that's why he had guys that were open for those brief windows that he just couldn't get to because he was just second guessing himself he's just gotta he's gotta pull the trigger so if that's true then yeah man i'm buying in big time
5: yeah and tennessee's gonna need him too because south carolina i mean their secondary is no joke mm-hmm. missouri i we all know they changed coaches, but the same defensive staff outside of Barry Odom is returning. So that's going to be a solid unit. And then, of course, Georgia week three. So it's not like it's going to be, you know, any time for him to adjust. But, you know, going into your fifth year on the team, second year in the offense really shouldn't need it. He's not going to have that excuse. But, yeah, I mean, I think it kind of defines – I mean, we're not saying anything new here, but it basically defines Tennessee's chances either – He gets it done or or he doesn't, or, you know, a backup comes in and and really shines. I mean, that's, it's only those two options, I think. Yeah. Loaded quarterback room. So everybody's waiting. Everybody's pushing each other. I just, I
0: I just, he needed it. Uh, He needed the offseason. And uh, I, I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm buying into it, Mike. I am. I may get, like I said, I may get. I may get hurt. We may have a reaction podcast after that South Carolina game, <laughs> and I may be a little upset at about ten beers in. But if that's what happens, that's what happens. I just I, I think that the, I think he's won the staff over. I hope it's not just he's. I hope he's not just a practice quarterback. I hope that he really does take that step this year.
5: Uh, we need to remind the listeners we're brought to you by MyBookie.ag, the online sports book. And right now for uh, podcast listeners any new customer to mybookie.ag they will get 100% deposit match up to $1000 so what that means is you go to mybookie.ag and put in the promo code that SEC mybookie will match your initial deposit all the way up to $1000 so you could start immediately with $2000 just by using that promo code thatSEC, that's that SEC that's T H A T S E C. It's summertime at MyBookie. And that means one thing. It's winning season, Shane. <laughs> that's your cousin Shane. Hey, it's hey. simple. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Easy. I'm still on here, Mike.
5: <laughs> winning season begins today only at my bookie. Once again, that's mybookie.ag. We use in the promo code that S E C. Let's kick it on down to Fayetteville, Woo, uh both the coordinators spoke here recently for Arkansas. Kendall Bryles, we're going to start with him, uh, talking about, uh, you know, Sam Pittman recently came out here and noted his team's out of shape. And, you know, I've been hearing a lot of good stuff out of the Arkansas camp. You know, obviously the coaches are not fully satisfied with where they're at, but I think they like their fight, they like the toughness, and I think they're just really trying to instill in this team that, you know, the effort of the past is not acceptable. And, I mean, I I think that is obvious, you know, so they're trying to yeah. instill that in them, and they're going to need to get here in better shape, and they're running out of time to do it. So, Kendall Browse, he's not as harsh here as Sam Pittman, and I think that's kind of a good thing. And I think he really kind of lets everybody know who the quarterback is down there. And then a, a very important position for the Razorbacks this year, backup running back. Because we all know how good Raheem Boyd is, but not only has he been injury prone, but you know, if, if you don't know this Kendall Bryle system, they spread you out. They look like a an offense that's going to throw it all over the yard. But what it really is is a power running game that's just really spread out. So these running backs, all these guys he mentions here, they're going to get a lot of carries this year, I think. And uh, it's very important that, that he gets these guys ready to go for the season.
4: This was yesterday. You guys, were in sh- good shape, but not game shape. Uh, where do you think you? Get, what do you guys have to do to get in game shape? And especially when you want
3: to run up tempo, um, what what what's the key to that? And do you have any concerns in that area as far as conditioning right now? Um,
1: I don't have any concerns with where we're at now. We do we do need to um, continue to work your practice to get in game shape. And and you're right. When you play at tempo, um, it, at times it can be diff- difficult on really all 11 guys on the field, um, especially if you're able to move the ball and stay on, on the field, and if you're doing that, that means you're making first downs, which is always good, but I think as an as a entire football team, I would think that that's what Coach Pittman was speaking of, um, and, I, and I agree with him. I don't think we're in game shape right now. We looked a little better today, but it was pretty nice. You know, and uh, we had a lot of special teams involved with that scrimmage as well, and so there's a lot of running up and down the field. So um, you saw guys dragging their tongues a little bit. Uh, I think the want-to's there. We just got to keep uh, keep striving and getting them in shape. Feel good you
0: guys will be where you want to be by, by, George, by Georgia week. We will be. Uh, Kendall, um, what are you looking f- to stress maybe in the upcoming scrimmage? What are the key parts of it for you? And uh, how do you think quarterback reps will go in that one?
1: Um, stressing is just uh, protecting the football. You know, that was – Big thing last weekend is um, you got to protect the football and give yourself a chance to win every single game. So that's going to be our number one priority on offense is to make sure that we're doing that and stressing that. um, uh, The discipline within each and every play, just doing your job, um, trying to limit um, the missed assignments, Um, that's also going to be a big deal for us. It's just, you know, seeing the signals lining up and being able to to execute the play that's called. And so those are things that we're going to want to see. and what was the last part of your question? The, Q- the QBs, how you might split up the reps? Yeah, those reps would be um, pretty much the, the way that they have been. The ones will be with Franks and twos with Jefferson, and then uh, we're going to let those other guys roll through, and uh, maybe we'll be able to slide those guys up with some of the two reps as well.
0: We haven't asked you one word about the running back, so I think we all know how Boyd performs. What's going on behind Boyd right now? Who's playing?
1: Uh, Traylon Smith is doing a tremendous job. Um, Absolutely. And I love that kid. I love his heart, his work ethic. You know, ever since we got here, I got here in January, all I've seen him do is work all the time. He, he's just a worker and it's going to pay off. Smart kid. He understands the tempo, understands the offense, <clears throat> and an extremely tough kid. So he's he's been getting the reps uh, behind Rakeem, and then you know, Oga had a little hiccup, and he was at running back as well. And then Spavi, uh, Spavi's Spivey. looked good. And then our young guy, Dominique, he's, he's had a nice camp as well. So we feel like, you know, Coach Smith has got a really good room there. And, um, you know, obviously, Rakeem's going to be the lead dog.
5: All right, Shane, so it sounds like Kendall Briles pretty fired up with a lot of his tailbacks here. So I think that's really good news. And then with his comments there with the quarterback reps, again, it's pretty clear it this is Felipe Franks's team, don't you think? Yeah, this is old Frank's, and, and we we talked about this a little bit last
0: week, and I, I think it's clearly his job to lose. But you know, I was more interested about that running back situation because it has got to be a committee this year, man. Uh, I mean, it's it's hard to be a one. It's you know those Herschel Walker days they're gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's hard to be just the one guy that uh, could take it thirty times a game. Now, if anybody can, honestly, it's Boyd. He's one of those type of running backs, but you've seen it in the past. He, he, it's, it doesn't take, you just never know. 10, 10 SEC games. We're going to have to have some sort of committee. So I really like the comments about these other guys stepping up because, uh, he's going to need breaks, man. They're going to need a change of pace.
5: All right. Skipping over to the other side of the ball. Barry Odom also spoke and Hey, don't forget, you know, all the, uh, the offseason transition there, so so many new faces. Don't forget, they landed Clemson graduate transfer on the defensive line, Xavier Kelly. Sounds like he's slated to have a huge role for Coach Odom's defense. He talks about that. I thought this was a great question that now that uh, Georgia doesn't have Jamie Newman, how does that uh, adjust the game plan for week one? Because that's Arkansas's opponent. And then uh, Coach Odom really does a deep dive here on the level of buy-in there in Fayetteville. And I think Arkansas fans are going to really appreciate his comments here. Hey, Barry, I'm just, I'm
1: curious what your impressions have been of Xavier Kelly and Camp. Uh, just what what's standing
6: out about him to this point? Yeah, he's he's done a nice job. He's 315 pounds. He's got good power. Plays with leverage, um, and and he's got good quickness. You know, he's maybe a little bit quicker than I thought he would be. Just his explosion at the point of uh, point of attack. You know, in in inside and. We've been able to move him around a little bit because of his skill set. Uh, so really, really excited that we have him, and uh, he's going to have to play a lot of really good snaps for us this year.
1: Barry, Sam told us yesterday that you guys have yet to start prepping for Georgia. Um, big news coming out of Athens today with Jamie Newman opting out. How, when you guys do start prepping for the Bulldogs, how will that change your
6: game prep and particularly game planning for going to play quarterback there? Well, we've taken some time, you know, just on, on our own looking at, at uh, our first opponent. You know, obviously, I've played them uh, the last four years, five years. We went against them every year. Um, they've got a very talented roster, great coaches. Uh, we're going to have to really study that. You know, I just heard that, that news before I walked into the room. Uh, so, you know, that that maybe changes the dynamics of, of who they are. I'm not sure. I know personnel-wise what they have, and I know what I've gone up against the last few years, and, and uh, they've been a very disciplined, tough uh, football team um, that attacks you in every area, and I know they've recruited extremely well, so uh, we'll get on that this weekend for sure, heavy, and uh, into next week starting, you know, for us defensively at least, trying to gather our thoughts on, on maybe what gives us our best chance.
5: Coach, I
0: wanted to ask you about just the players and their buy-in with you guys. Are you are you feeling that? I, last year, you know, it, it, there was a sense that that wasn't happening with the players. Are they buying into what you guys are, are selling right
6: now? Well, I think so, Trey. You look at the things that we put out in front of them and then the way that they've attacked it. Now, also, you know, everything hasn't been – sunshine and rainbows. It never is, but that also Coach Pittman has done such an amazing job on laying out the plan and just being honest and transparent and showing them this is the way that we're going to do things. This is our program, Um, giving them the roadmap of, of what it looks like, and we also understand there's going to be some adversity. How do we respond? How close can we get uh, before this first game happens, because there, there's going to be adversity in that first game. How are we going to respond from it? You know, what are we going to do? Uh, you know, when when things don't go your way, there all those things. That's never a you, know, you put a check mark by. Yeah, we've we've arrived. We've done that. It's an ongoing process. But I know the 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 way that practices are structured, if you know the way that Coach Pittman has brought this plan into into reality you know, if you go out there and you're not really in and two feet in, you're going to get exposed really quickly. And uh, I'm proud of what our guys have done up to this point. You know, we've got, you know, we've got um, not enough. We The time is ticking and we've we've got, you know, no room for error, uh, but our guys have done a, a, a great job. And I think they're hungry, Trey, I really do. I think they're hungry to um, be a good football team and they understand that you know, we've got to keep our head down. We've got to go to work and we've got to be as close as we can as a team uh to withstand the the you know from schedule one to ten what we've got coming.
5: All right, Shane. So all things considered, it sounds like Coach Odom is pretty pleased with uh just where the team's at here, wouldn't you say? Yeah, no, I think I think he is. And uh, you know, he I, 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 I love the positive comments
0: about Coach Pittman as well. Uh, just talking about the transparency. I mean, Arkansas knows what they're dealing with. They they know where they're at, and uh, Sam's coming out there, and that's why he's. You know, we talk about it. He doesn't do the same coach speak that a lot of these other guys are doing. He's just telling you the truth, man. Mm-hmm. You know, hey, yeah, we our offense is at what do you say, eighty five percent? You know, I guarantee they're at eighty five percent. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He he ain't beating around the bush. Are we exactly where we want? No. Are we as physical as we want? No, not yet, but we're getting there. And that's what I like. It just feels like a family. I mean, every time I I see highlights from coaching staff from Arkansas, it just feels like a family. And that's what it takes. It takes takes every player on that team, man. If they're going to upset some people, if they're going to make some noise this year, it's going to take the entire team. It's not going to take a couple of big hitters like Boyd or something like that, you know, it, we need we need the whole team to buy in. And, and that's, that's kind of the same vibe I'm getting from Odom. That's the same vibe I get from Pitt. I mean, it's just, I, I love it. I love it, man.
5: Yeah, and here's an, another example, in my opinion, why this was so big for Sam Pittman to go out and get Barry Odom because obviously we all know Barry Odom's got head coaching experience in the SEC. He knows this league. But he also knows about, getting a team ready and turning around a program and he played for Gary Pinkle he coached under Gary Pinkle and Gary Pinkle obviously the the great Missouri coach also I believe he's the the winningest coach not only in Missouri history but in Toledo history he's one of the few coaches that's an all-timer at two schools so Mm -hmm. you're just seeing I think a lot of that experience and that's we all know Sam Pittman elite offensive line coach elite recruiter but Obviously, is is a little bit of a learning curve here being a head coach, and that's why you bring in a guy like Barry Odom because, as much as Odom's praising Pittman, I think behind closed doors, Pittman's probably doing the same for Odom yeah. for for just you know being uh you know he he's not going to listen to Odom on everything, but he's it's just someone to lean on and and someone to support you and. Um, just get advice from and you can tell I think that uh, Coach Odom and and Pittman are very very close and it I think it's going to be huge for the Razorbacks I think it's going to pay off in the end you know those two get together every night. I mean, it just seems like they would, you know. Mm-hmm. They
0: get in Coach Pittman's jacuzzi and drinking cold beers, and <laughs> talking about practice, you know. Coach gets his dog in there, that big – I'm sure he's got Big Ugga. I don't know what the name of his dog, but he's still got that big bulldog. So, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you remember, uh, what was that National Lampoon's? Uh, they got that dog in there, that jacuzzi. That's what I think, man. <laughs> They're just two savants going at it.
5: <laughs> All right, last stop on the uh, round the SEC. Let's jump on down to College Station.
1: Giga Maggots.
5: Where Jimbo Fisher met with the media here. And, uh, you know, I thought this was kind of an important question here because this is the thing that I don't want to say is haunted. It's a little early in his tenure to say he's being haunted by an issue, but. Texas A&M yet to really win that big game outside of the LSU seven overtime affair. That's about the only one you can circle. Mm-hmm. And here we got Jamon Osman, one of the senior players came out and said, you know, they're, they're not really getting it done at that big moment. So you can only imagine if you saying that in public, what's being said behind closed doors. So Fisher was asked about that. And then uh, he was also asked about uh, the level of commitment with, They've had a couple of players opt out here, defensive backs, uh, two Elijah Blades and Derek Turner here in recent days. Now, those guys by no means were like all SEC or anything, but uh, just this week, those are the only two guys I believe that have opted out. But Coach Fisher kind of talks about the commitment there and in, in heading into his third year in the program.
6: Coach, I know you always say every game is a big one, and, you know, especially <laughs> when you lose one, but uh, Jamana told us when we talked to him that he really. Went back and watched the so-called bigger games last year the bamas the clemsons and it stood out to him that you know what he did on the practice field didn't necessarily translate sometimes to those big in-game situations how do you teach that in in fall camp because you know really big games are coming this year
7: i think it's experience and i think each guy learns to as i say the the, the game slows down the world slows down for how you're thinking and what you're doing in those, in those situations. And I think it just takes experience. Sometimes, sometimes you got to realize, you know, you want to play a big game. You think, well, I got to go do something special. No, it, most games are one about ordinary things, just doing them better than anybody else. And the big things naturally happen within the framework of, of the plays and how you do and work every day. And, uh, I think that just comes from experience and time and, and confidence in yourself and, you know, just, letting it happen and once all of a sudden it happens you know you you, you know you always say man I why, what was so hard about it you know what I'm saying so I think that just, that's just part of maturing and growing and and learning to play those situations
4: and following up on uh, something Gabe was asking you just a minute ago uh, specifically to the offensive line um are you seeing anything indications yet from the freshmen that would make you feel like they could play uh, as far as offensive linemen right away?
7: Well, I think in the offensive line, you see the ability. I mean, the guys there physically, we definitely do. Now it's just a matter of getting the reps, getting the time, getting all the things that go on the offensive line. Because, I mean, I, I, I don't know and – I, and I say it all the time. I take it for granted how tough it is to come in as an offensive lineman as a freshman, the multitude of things you see, not only – all right, that guy across from you is bigger, stronger, and faster than anybody I've ever seen. And then the twists and the stunts and the different looks that go on defense and everything that goes on. But, you know, we feel we're we're developing and those guys are going to have to be ready. You have to get those guys ready to play this year because of you don't know the uncertainty of different things that can happen during the year. You know what I'm saying? So, but we've been very pleased with their progress so far. I'm anxious to watch them scrimmage.
6: Jimbo, given that most coaches never think they have enough time to prepare, I'm wondering how comfortable <laughs> I'm wondering how comfortable you are right now. A little more than three weeks from kickoff, with where you guys are.
7: Well, I'm never comfortable. Just like you said, you answered your own question. you never comfortable. But I'm gonna say this: I think our players have done an outstanding job because you know, two things. They've done a great job with the with the virus, so they're out there on the practice field, so they're getting reps. I think they've done a great job that way. Our energy level's been good, and I and I think that. Uh, you know we're we're progressing right where I think we should be. I think our leadership has done a good job, and so you know we're going going in this first scrimmage. I, I think we're about where we should be and what we're doing. And some of these young guys are picking things up, knowing trying to give depth.
5: All right, Shane. So is it any concern to you that uh, you know one of your seniors? I mean, maybe he's just calling it the way it is and and saying we need to improve here. But you know I don't see any other third year coaches like Dan Mulliner or Jeremy Pruitt out here saying, well, we we don't show up in the big games here. Is that a concern to you?
0: Yeah, very, very much so. And, th- in fact, that's the first thing. When I heard that question, they were asking Jimbo what to do. It, it's just maybe he doesn't know what to do. I, I think the LSU game, I think the Alabama game, I think the Clemson game, it's just th- there was moments at the start of the season, but it just felt like Texas A&M just – had that vibe that they didn't belong
5: in that big game, and they did. Well, let me pose it to you like this, Shane, because I agree with everything you're saying. But we've got several big games here for the Aggies on the schedule, and this is the issue that's haunting them. Week two at Alabama, week three home for Florida, week seven at Tennessee, week last of next to last week LSU. Those are the big games in Auburn at the end of the year. But I don't really want to count Auburn. So of those games at Alabama, Florida at home, at Tennessee, LSU at home, those are the big games. Is Texas A and M going to win any of those? Do you think? We won't hold it, hold you, you know, hold this prediction against you. But do they get over the hump? Do they get that big win this year? Oh yeah, no, this is the year,
0: Mike. I I, I truly believe it. I I think that Alabama. Aggie, LSU, Auburn. I mean, they're just all in that little cluster of group, you know, and it could go either way. There's going to be games that I I think Alabama comes away with. There's going to be games LSU comes away with. There's going to be games that Texas A&M comes away with. Right. I I just – I think that's what kind of season we're going to have. And I don't want to read too much into this comment. I mean, this is a kid that was asked a question, and we could take – I mean, I say a lot of dumb stuff, and if you slow it down and take that little piece and throw it on the internet, <laughs> it's like, what kind of idiot is this? You know, <laughs> I, I've said enough in this show. So, I, I mean, you, you, this kid doesn't have a mic in his face all the time, so maybe he's just – he didn't he didn't answer. If he could have thought about the question a little bit longer, maybe he would have said something different because the fact of the matter is, Mike, big games are different. You know, when you talk about the Floridas and and you talk about the the Alabama games and uh, yes, you're going to have more goosebumps, more butterflies in your stomach going into that game because we're human, you know, I mean, think about it. Think about you. I, I used to. Back in the day when we were kids, I used to play hide-and-go-seek with you guys. And, you know, was, I've always been a big guy. So when I find that good spot, you know, that, that like, took me forever to get here and I got everything situated, I'd sit there, and then I'd start getting anxious, Mike. You know, <laughs> here I found this great freaking spot, and they're going to find me. And before you get there, I'm already coming out of the spot because now i got to go take a shit because my stomach's upset. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Just, that's it's it's human nature to get worked up on bigger games like this. So uh, you probably didn't expect that curveball to come to the <laughs> Shane. Same <laughs> story, but this kid's the same way, man. He knows what the big games are. He knew what they were last year. And then when they stepped away, they, you know, I'm sure they were questioning themselves if they should be there. Well, this year they should be there. This year it wouldn't surprise me, even though you know you you had A and M for a long time, and then you went to Alabama. It, it still wouldn't blow your mind if you if at the end of the year they said Texas A and M w- wins the West, would it? I mean, that's would you would it blow your mind if I told you at the end of these ten games, the Aggies are the best team in the West?
5: No, absolutely not. I thought. All offseason they could start 10 and 0 but the, then the damn schedule shifted on them.
0: Exactly. This this roster's built for this year, man. So I I'm I'm not closing that chapter just yet. I I think I think they're going to win. I think I think there's going to be some great games played this year and a lot of them will be with Texas A&M.
5: All right, Shane. So, uh, that's all I've got around the league. You got anything before we hop off here for the weekend?
4: Yeah
5: buddy i got some reviews Uh uh-oh
0: all right first off mike i appreciate all the listeners hanging out with us today uh it's been a long off season but we're here baby we are here and i appreciate the ones that that took that step further and went and got their apple product and gave us a rating review on itunes those really do help us out so i'd like to read a few few of those Uh, The first one here comes from Jeremy Kennedy, great podcast, five-star, love the content from across the SEC landscape, keep up the good work. Well, Jeremy Kennedy, I appreciate you.
5: Yeah, thanks, Jeremy.
0: Next one comes from Haven't Mastered Football Yet, (laughs) killer name. Great podcast, five star. Great podcast, love all the teams coverage. Well, haven't mastered football yet. You have mastered reviews, and I appreciate you. Yeah, good one. Thanks. Next one comes from T Lane, just awesome, five star. Just discovered this podcast, and it's awesome. One of my favorite podcasts. Well, T Lane, I appreciate you. Appreciate that one, Lang. Next one comes from longtime listener Jamie Thirty Four. Tune in now, best around, five-star. I've been listening for a year and a half, and if you want the best information on all teams, it's here. If you want comedy, they got it, via Cousin Shane. <laughs> cousin Joe is even good in a pinch. I, I, I texted him that the other day. <laughs> I sincerely look I sincerely look forward to these guys. You can tune in and just let the worries in your life kind of melt away for a bit. Let's face it, that's what's needed right now. They're super interactive with their listeners, kind of like extended family you've never met. They always bring a smile to my face, especially when Cousin Shen says my balls are going undefeated. Well, (laughs) Jamie34, hit it oh, baby. (laughs) I appreciate you.
5: Yeah, thanks, Jamie. We got one of these new Tennessee koozies shipping their way to us when we get it we'll send you one yeah next one comes from maroon man
0: best scc podcast five star great show guys keep up the great work how about cousin shane record his reaction with a few minutes of every ut game finishing <laughs> on second thought drunk folks shouldn't operate expensive electrical <laughs> equipment <laughs> maroon five you are correct and i appreciate you and i try not to get on mike i do But I tell you what, if we pull off one of these big upsets this year, I'm definitely going to get on. But there's no Georgia State on this schedule, (laughs) baby. (laughs) So there should be no upsets.
5: Uh, Thanks for that one, Maroon.
0: Next one comes from H. Hot. Five star. Five star. Mike and Shane are like peas and carrots. Best and funniest sports pod I've heard. Thanks and giggle. Well, H hot, thank you for putting that review in for Mike. My- <laughs> hey, kidding. I just gave I Alabama
5: thought- the kiss of death for for just for you, hot.
0: No, good. That's I like that. Twisted it around. Next one comes and H hot, I pre H H-O, hot, H hot, H-O, I appreciate you. Yeah, appreciate that one. Right. So does the dogs. Next one comes from Mike Bush Seven. Awesome five star. Love the show. Great job, guys. Well, Mike Bush 7. I love the name. I appreciate you. Yeah,
5: thanks, Mike's Bush.
0: Thanks to a custom of CRP 84 A-U-O oh, obsessed five-star. Man, you almost got me there. This is Auburn fan, clearly. <laughs> I really appreciate the fact that you guys keep it real with your projections and takes all things SEC. I'm a diehard Auburn fan, but love everything about the SEC. Can't wait for the season to get started and watch Bo Nix take that huge step forward, we hope. Keep it up, guys. P.S., would love to have a cold beer with you guys one day. Well, CRP, I'd love to have a cold beer with you. And, yes, I think this is the year that Bo Nix Bo takes a big step. I think Auburn's right in that mix, buddy. What about you, Mike? Nope. But, hey, I've oh, been wrong before. <laughs> what are you talking? Get the hell out of here. I'm telling you, you're sleeping on Coach Morris. I know it sounds crazy. Save this clip. But I really think this offense is going to be new and improved next year. I think the defense, I mean, obviously took a hit with all the talent they had to go in the NFL. But I think Bo Nix makes up for it on the offense side. Don't count these guys out. Hell, they beat Bama. Next one. Wait, Coach- how about
5: this? If I'm wrong, first beers on me, CRP. There we go. Next
0: one, last one. This one comes from Spicy Avocado 2605. Cool name. Go Sports Ball. Five star. Well, you guys have gone and done the near impossible, turned a non football person into a college football fan. Growing up in the heart of Big 12 country, bless your heart, I never could understand all the hype for college football. Turns out, after catching a few Tennessee games last season, I was just watching the wrong conference. Go figure. I appreciate that the great commentary goes beyond the field and breaks it down so that even newbies like me can follow what's going on. I don't know if I was if it was on purpose, but as others have mentioned, it genuinely feels like I'm listening to passionate football fans talking over drinks late into the night on the front porch. This podcast is one stop shop. Mike brings the info and solid material, and cousin Shane and Joe come in to add flavor and hilarious. Oh God, there's one of them Big Twelve words: antidote, antidotes, antidotes, antidotes. Is that- Why is there a C in there, Mike? That doesn't make sense. (laughs) Who the hell made that word up? One goes in for the kill and the other is just a goofy guy. (laughs) Which is wish, Mike. (laughs) (laughs) Listen to find out. Keep doing what you're doing. I hope you guys are around for a long while. Well, Spicy Avocado, you stumped me with your big fancy words and I appreciate you.
5: Yeah, appreciate that one, Spicy. And uh, remember, for everyone out there, if you want to Free beer koozie on us. All you got to do, give us a five-star written review like so many others and uh, send that over to us on Twitter, Reddit, or over at, uh, we got a Gmail account, thatsecpodcast at gmail.com. We're happy to do that for each and every one of y'all. Oh, well, see, see, this is, Google's telling me
0: that Antidote and Antidote, are the, are they the same? You know what, Mike? I'm gonna, I'll am gonna i Google later. All right, Mike, what'd you say? <laughs> Did you say something good? Sounded good. Hey, have you been on our YouTube page? Guys, listen, Mike is starting to post. Uh, now, he's not able to get all the videos, but he's, he's trying. Uh, he's trying to put all the practice videos. So if you're curious what your team's up to, man, uh, jump on the YouTube page, That SEC Podcast. Uh, what teams you got right now in there?
5: Uh, right now we got uh, Tennessee, LSU, Kentucky, and Arkansas on the way. So we're working to get the rest of those teams. These uh, videos coming straight from the teams themselves. So uh, just waiting to hear back on the rest of the teams.
0: I love them. I love them, man. So, yeah, jump on there, take a look, see what your team's up to, man. Some of them look good. Some he's, I tell you, Garantano has put some weight on, you know. I didn't know that until I was watching some video clips. So uh, I love that. I love the YouTube presence. We're going to try to expand on that this season. Uh, But other than that, Mike, that's all I've got.
5: All right, well I got one curveball here, Shane. You you said you like curveballs, and wanted to do this for the listeners. Of course, we're like we said, we're brought to you by my bookie. You can head on over there and gamble on these games. But we've got, as we're recording, hell, there's two games going on tonight. But this Saturday, three games here, Shane. Mm -hmm. And I want to test to see if your powers are still in effect. Okay. So we're gonna. There's these are three games that me, Shane, and I. You know we're we're happy to admit we don't know anything about these games, <laughs> right? But we're gonna make we're gonna make some picks. We're gonna we're gonna each make a pick, and we'll see how it goes. See if Shane's kiss of death is still alive. <laughs> so we got three games to bet on. These are all available uh-huh. on mybookie.ag. Middle Tennessee State MTSU Blue Raiders at Army, and Army's three and a half point favorite. Okay, then we got one other. We got two other SMU. They're 22, 22 yeah. and a half point favorites at Texas State. And then Texas the big State. one, I, is that a real school? It I, as far as I know <laughs> is that the Armadillos. They play I think they played the Aggies <laughs> last year. Yeah, they 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 lost oh. to A&M in the uh... Oh
0: yeah, yeah. I made fun of them last year. Sorry. <laughs> final right, final else?
5: game on the docket here, Arkansas State at Memphis. Memphis is a 19 point favorite. Ooh. Any of those intriguing to you, Shane?
0: Um, I'm liking. Is Norvell still up here?
5: No, he's at no, Florida no, no. State.
0: He left. Okay. Ooh. Okay. I'm. I'm digging. I'm going to go with the Memphis game, and I'm going to go. I'm going to go under. I think. I think. Memphis, I think Memphis wins that game, mm-hmm. but not by uh, nineteen and a half. Arkansas State. I, I like them to cover the spread.
5: Ooh, that's a good pick, Shane. That would have been one i was looking at but i'm gonna go just because we're both living in tennessee mtsu baby on the road (laughs) against rb and the points i'll take the points mtsu three and a half we'll find out shane we now you got something to to look at here arkansas
0: doesn't like the country all right (laughs) you know what
5: they defend us so i'm gonna go yeah i'm gonna
0: go with the army there
5: (laughs) (laughs) we'll find out on monday shane's kiss of death for arkansas state Yep. Arkansas that's State it well.
0: in $100 lock of the week. <laughs> I don't know anything about him. Wait, Arkansas State. Who's the coach there? Didn't we we talked up the coach last year?
5: Yeah, Blake Anderson, I believe is his name. He was on a couple SEC teams radar, yeah. but he's a, he's a really good coach, so you might be onto something there, Shane. Maybe this is the year you get every pick right. Oh man, wouldn't you man? Twenty twenty's been so crazy. It, it wouldn't it
0: wouldn't blow your mind <laughs> if it was the opposite. So you may hold on. You may want to do a ten dollar bet this week and just
5: see how things are going. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, that's something to look forward to for the listeners. There's college football back in the air. Man, this is a, just a great time of year. Where twenty some odd days from SEC action, I'm fired up for it, Shane. Let's do it, buddy. Let's let's turn. It. Who's on right now? Uh, Central Arkansas and UAB—that's the I've got on here. Let's get the let's get the hell off here and watch some football, Mike. All right, so thanks for joining me, Shane. As always, thanks everybody for tuning in. We'll catch you on the next one. All right, see you guys. Go Vols. He may be back for an eighth year on Rocky Top with his free year of eligibility. Let's kick it over to Chris Winkie.
0: Get it, boy. Get it. You done? I don't. He heard you talk about Garantano.
5: Are you buying the Garantano hype? One second. I'm
0: about to buy this this dog out in the yard, hop. Hey, quit. It's just Thunder Buddy. Get your vest on. Let's get your Thunder Buddy vest on, huh? Just kidding. I don't have one of those. I should get one. <laughs>